everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. He lived with the pain of unanswered rejection for 40 years. The father that should have loved, cared for, and supported him, gone. But why? How does a, quote, pastor leave his pulpit, his pregnant wife, three-year-old daughter, and only son still in the womb? And how would this young boy overcome the stigma of, quote, not being enough, when in reality his accomplishments are commendable in anyone's book? A successful and award-winning CEO of an international conglomerate, his passions and pursuits, the perfect intersect, a loving wife and family of his own. But there's more. This avid outdoorsman, skilled leader, and entrepreneur had, in his own words, a, quote, break in the cup that could not be filled but God. And the remarkable story you are about to hear. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome sought-after speaker, businessman, and founder of the nationwide nonprofit Fathers in the Field, changing the lives of the fatherless one boy at a time, Mr. John Smithbaker. John, welcome to Testimony. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Well, it's an honor to have you, John. Before we begin, I would like to thank our mutual friend, award-winning actress and activist, Susan Howard, for making our connection and this interview possible. Susan's own life of overcoming and immense achievement, like yourself, John, can be heard in the testimony archives, both of you empowering others in this life and the one to come. So without further ado, for part one of our two-part conversation, would you just share with our audience your early beginnings, the pain of an absent father, and your journey to forgiveness because of that? John Smithbaker, please tell us your story. Oh, thank you. Uh, All glory to God that he uh, cares for the fatherless, and looking back, he certainly cared for me. Um, growing up, uh, thankfully, I had a strong mother, but my three-year-older sister and I grew up in a home that was chaotic and and uh, not didn't have much food on the table. And and I still remember to this day the first time I heard Jesus when we were cuddled on the floor next to the small little heater in our home, and my mom praying to Jesus for help and not really understanding that as a young boy, but looking back is because uh, um, money was so tight and didn't have food in the refrigerator and, and just all the things that come along when the family structure is broken and, and the, the price is paid by everybody, but the wounds and the price and the children are immense. And I grew up knowing that something wasn't right, that uh, I had a hole in my soul that that I didn't know how to fill, and um, I made a decision that I would try to earn my father's affection and return by winning everything, accomplish everything, succeeding, and I spent my whole life trying to fill that hole, and uh, no amount of success or money 
or uh, accomplishment did that. And looking back, um, that striving is very unhealthy. And I'm so thankful the Lord saved me when I was 40 years old. But growing up, I just knew something wasn't right. And the little times I did have um, to look forward to my dad visiting me, you know, he would pick me up a lot of the times and take me to his new family. And, and I was so looking forward to spending time with him. He would just drop me off and go play golf. And then I was sitting in a strange home wondering where my dad was. And so those kind of wounds just add up over time. And, and what happens is that that anger and bitterness just swells up inside you and controls your whole life as a fatherless boy. Now, when we talked off the record before we decided to bring your story to air, you shared with me a day when you were with your uncle. That day forever changed your life, but that would not happen until 40 years later. Can you explain? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to explain, but um, I'm thankful it did. But I was driving to meet my uncle, who was one man who, who stood up in my life to some degree. And it was late on a Friday, scrambling after work to go meet him to go fishing on the Green River in Wyoming. And it was late at night, and I felt this overwhelming sensation come over me, and I didn't know how to explain it then, but it was the Holy Spirit obviously getting a hold of me. And I pulled my truck over the side of the road, this dark, lonely road, and, and got on my hands and knees and begged for his forgiveness because I saw all my wretched, horrible sins flash before me. And, and I was so, so willing to give up all those, all those sins uh, because obviously standing in the presence of the Holy, the Holy Spirit. And, and I thought I was done. And, and I heard the voice of, of the Heavenly Father say to me, no, John, now you need to forgive your earthly father for leaving you. And what was what the Lord knew, which I didn't know how to articulate at the time, was fatherless boys tell themselves every day, even multiple times a day, that they will never, ever forgive their earthly father for leaving them. And this is the deepest of wound, as well as the deepest of sin, inside these boys because it's just the deepest of wounds that they cram down inside them. And, and the Lord knew that this is a sin I did not want to let go. It was the unforgivable sin. And, and, but when I did, and I said, okay, I will, and I, I forgave my earthly father for abandoning our family, I felt a rush over my body, and I knew that I was healed. I knew that I was clean, and I knew that I was adopted into the to the Heavenly Father's family, and I knew I was a new creation. And that story, really, what the Lord took me through, is really the, the, the heart of the ministry that he put later on my, on my heart. Fathers in the field, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to John Smith Baker, founder of Fathers in the Field Ministry. John, when you attempted to share your faith with your own father later in life, and you chose to forgive him. What was his response? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, after the Lord saved me that night, I went back when I got back home a few days later, and I wrote a letter to him, sharing that what he did was terribly wrong, mattered greatly in my life, but through the power of Christ, I have been forgiven, and I'd like to share Christ with him. 
so we could spend forever together since we've had no time on earth. And that was my motivation. And, and so I sought him out and, and um, you know, after I received his letter back, after I sent mine and, and uh, he took no real responsibility and blamed my mom for everything and how those things go, but I decided that I wouldn't let that response stop me. And, and so I went and met with him and I told him about the gospel and shared my how Jesus had saved me, my love for the Lord, and that he too uh, could be saved and 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 we could spend forever together. And, and it didn't go very well. And one of our last conversations was he, he said he didn't believe in it and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, that was it. But the last thing I said to him was, uh, Dad, you will know that your son loves you and loved you enough to share the truth of the gospel with you when you stand on Judgment Day. And... and um, Wow. I'm sure he felt that, and shortly thereafter, about a year and a half later, uh, he he got cancer and died, and uh, wow, that was the last. And I, you know, it's so funny. All I think back on that, and I didn't go to the hospital, I didn't go to the funeral, and all that, you know, because I didn't know my dad, I didn't love my dad, I had no relationship with him from an earthly sense, and and uh, people asked me, well. Did you cry for him? And I said, No, I didn't. I didn't weep for him at all. All my tears had been cried growing up, and I had no more tears left for him. And uh, it's a sad thing to think about. But but the damage that happens when when you grow up without your hero, who's supposed to be your father in your life. Wow, that is so powerful. And that's one of the main reasons I wanted, that is the reason I wanted to bring you on testimony. There are so many in our nation today that are fatherless. We're going to get more into the statistics of that in our second segment. But for right now, John, what do you say to a young boy with unresolved issues of forgiveness against their father and the importance of forgiving them it's, it's a powerful question and a, and a really thought-provoking question because these boys do not want to hear from a man. They're tired of being lied to, um, hearing one broken promise after another. So um, when we talk about the ministry a little bit more, we'll show you how we, how we build that, that commitment and that trust in them. But in general, I can spot fatherless boys by just looking in their eyes. And I, I see it all around us. Um, you know, in fact, two out of every four boys now are fatherless. And what yeah. happens is them they know that they're broken and they're hurting, and they have a soul wound that they don't know how to address. And then they try to talk about it. They try to share it in, in weird ways. And our culture, even well-meaning moms or or relatives or coaches or teachers or counselors, they feel they're doing right by these boys by sharing with them that you don't need a dad. Big boys, don't cry. You'll get over it. And what they're saying is, no, no. And they push they push this wound deep down inside them because of, of these all these well-meaning comments. And so what I tell boys when I run into them is that, what your dad did was terribly wrong, mattered greatly in your life, but through the power of Christ, you can be the man God intended you to be. 
And this is what they need to hear. That's not their fault, that they are worthy, that they're not garbage because they feel they're garbage because their hero has thrown them out, and maybe even more times than once, that God created them with a glorious purpose, and they can be the man God intended them to be. And that is the hope and the lifeline that these boys need to hear. And, and it, it does wonders for them because now they realize that it's not their fault. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to speaker, businessman, and founder of the nationwide nonprofit, Fathers in the Field, John Smith Baker. You can learn more about John's work, ministry, and mission by visiting fathersinthefield.com and become a part of changing through mentorship one fatherless boy at a time. John, it's been an absolute privilege bringing your story to testimony where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Your organization, Fathers in the Field, is doing just that and exceedingly more. You are living the scripture your ministry subscribes and giving others opportunity to do the same. And I quote, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow, Isaiah 1:17. For all the fatherless in our nation today, we thank you and God bless you. Thank you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensen Bard. Thank you for listening. And please join us again for Testimony.